Hello everyone, welcome back to Morgan Hasn't Seen Fall, another not-so-average rom-com. Or not-your-average-rom-com is yes. exactly <laughs> what we're calling this series, isn't it? And quite an interesting episode as well, as on our big 250th special of Morgan Hasn't Seen, that was a, f- a few weeks ago now, earlier in the year now, um, I, I came up with a bucket list, didn't I, Janine? That was yes. the whole point of the episode. It was it was very fun and exciting of a discussion. But this movie we're covering today is the first inclusion of yours of one of my bucket list movies in one of these series. So I imagine you're particularly enthused (laughs) about today's episode yourself. Yes, I have made it my mission since that 250 episode to try to incorporate every film on your bucket list this year in some series or another. So we're actually going to be knocking two off the bucket list with this series alone. So next week's pick will also be a bucket list film for you. So next it's week, be a fun it's, it's straight, straight up. It's next week. It's not even the week after. Is it the end of the month next week? That's why, isn't it? Yes. Yes. No. Um. Yes. So yes, I'm really excited to figure out a way to create series around these bucket list films. So I was able to knock out two this month alone. So I'm excited for sure. We'll see next week's movie, which we, we know what it is. Uh, yes. It's 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 the lobster Yorgos Lanthimos. Yes. Um Colin Farrell, which which is is definitely from the outside looking in as I am at the moment, not your average rom com because obviously it's about people slowly turning into animals. If they do not find their partner. If they do not find love. Um, 13 Going on 30, which is the movie we're, of course, talking about today, may may be considered more your typical rom-com. Yes. um, Than, than, you know, not your average rom-com. Why do you still think it works under this banner? Just because it has that fantastical element, it also isn't really established, nor do you you feel like it needs to be established, whether or not this is just kind of a dream or whether this wish, in fact, happened. Um, So it it has this fantastical element and it's kind of like the female version of Big. So, um, but I think they... Less creepy. Yes, they 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 find a much more nuanced way to deal with it. Our character has been living this life in this other reality. And when her 13-year-old self gets into this life, it's a life she's already lived as adult her. So yeah. it's not like she is 13 and she just looks like a grown-up person and nobody knows who this person is. She's existed. She had a life people know who she is as this adult version of herself. She just doesn't know this adult version of herself. So I think that's definitely an interesting way to kind of clean up the inappropriate and messy things that came with the big plot point. (laughs) Look, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with big fundamentally. Big's a great movie. It's a funny movie. It's a sweet movie, but the, the nature of the, 
wishing to be older in big is just different to the nature of the wishing to be older in 13 going on 30 is all the, or at least the result in it and yeah. you're right i think it, it does clean up to a degree a certain level of creepiness that you do get in very much one notable scene in big <laughs> although there there is a scene in this movie where she she does as 30 year old jennifer garner start to come on to a small child <laughs> yes. in a restaurant yes um they they do kind of rush through that a little quickly um but there is a bit of a moment that uh is, is... she's not okay <laughs> no it is definitely not but in the context of the film it, it makes for a bit of a comical moment but um it, it is immediately squashed so i think we're we're not on the same level as as the more uh uh, intimate scenes that we get <laughs> in in big <laughs> um but i would put this in not your average rom-com just because it has this fantastical element to it so yes we we get the the typical yeah, which elements is, that you would see in a film fair. like this but this kind of fantasy element of her trying to navigate going from 13 to 30 I think add something that is not in your typical rom-com. So, yeah, and you know, it it brings a lot of interesting ideas to it as well. I think actually that you know have uh, the the best rom-coms tend to be like this and have ideas that live outside of the world of love and relationships which i think this movie does it has a certain mentality on life a mentality on free spiritedness yeah a, a mentality on trying things out of your comfort zone because it's all based around you know this magazine that you know jenna works for obviously a, a magazine she was very fond of as a 13 year old we yeah. see this at the beginning of the movie poise magazine it's the, the, the big whole thing she's there with posters of, of poise uh front covers in her room um dancing to rick springfield jesse's girl on the television which is very good, very nice, we like that, but kissing the television's one step too far, I don't really think that's... Um... We were all 13, Janine, but I don't recall ever kissing the television. Well, because you're not a teenage girl, you just don't That's it. irrelevant. Don't it's the it. same. Surely it's the same thing, but the okay. other way around. I mean, not always. Girls probably, you know, have different crush expression, I think, than boys do. Surely Which you is can a fair understand point, that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. But still, when that's happening and when that's going on, the last thing you want is your parents to storm into the bedroom with a camcorder yes. and start <laughs> going happy birthday or whatever it is because it's your birth. Is it her 13th birthday? It's Something's 13th... happened. <laughs> it is her 13th birthday. Yeah, she's having a party. She wants the popular kids to come to impress them. Um, and she's like stuffing her bra and her mom is oh, like calling right. her yes. out on it. And it's a whole kind of embarrassing situation. Yes. 
um, because she is reading this magazine. There's this whole article about being 30 and flirty and thriving. So she's already kind of fixated on this idea of being a grown-up, becoming 13. So they're they're setting up the groundwork for her already feeling like she's growing up, feeling like she wants to be grown up, feeling like she's done being a little kid with the stuffing of the bra, with the you yeah. know, crushing on Rick Springfield, with uh, you know, having this party um and reading. Surely there's better and... people than Rick Springfield as well. I mean, I mean the, ma- the man had rocks on um <laughs> I mean, he was he was also a soap star as well. So, oh, I, I you know. didn't know. That. Yes. Um. So, and then her reading this article in this magazine about how glamorous it is to be thirty. So she's already in this state of mind to want to be older, turning thirteen, which is kind of like you know the quintessential age where you're entering your you yeah. know, adolescence and feeling more like you're grown up. So, uh, it's yeah, not even. It's it's interesting that it actually does bring up that sort of stuff because that's obviously prevalent in everybody. I think that that does grow up is you have a certain stage, whether you are 13, 14, however, you know, at whatever exact age it hits you, but 13's pretty good choice for the movie for it to yes. hit. Yeah. Um where you kind of feel like I'm not a child anymore. It's now time to be an adult you don't want to go through the stage of the the growth the the puberty the teenage years the awkward you've decided i'm not a child now i must be this yes and it's exactly the mentality that jenna kind of has because it's a it's a tough existence really as any 13 year old because you have so much unnecessary pressure that matters absolutely nothing in <laughs> the grand scheme of things, but matters everything to you as a thirteen-year-old. Yeah. What you you know exactly what you're wearing, exactly how every finite detail of your hair looks, and all this kind of thing, which is nice to still have as an adult when you are you know, going out and what have you, making yourself look nice. That's fine. I'm not talking about that, but you're doing it as a 13-year-old. And I think this goes for anybody, you know, male, female, anything. You know, this goes for anybody at that sort of age. You constantly feel pressured by other people into doing certain things and looking a certain way and wearing a certain thing and speaking about certain things. And And that's where Jenna finds herself, yeah, with these popular girls, the six chicks, I think is what they call themselves. Which is a good Um, name, a good name for a popular girl group in school. Particularly in the 80s and in the 80s, it definitely feels very much of the era (laughs) as well. It feels like they would become become a girl band in in slightly later life. That would play um, alt rock and be not that great, but be very popular. <laughs> yes, the six chicks. Like a rockier so, version of the Spice Girls. 
Yes, I could see that for sure with that name. Um, so we kind of established these are the popular kids. She wants to be a part of their clique. Her best friend is Maddie, um, kind of the schlubby kid who, you know, you can tell he probably has a crush on her. They grew up together as friends, but he's very much. Of course, not... he goes, look at him. He's yeah. got, he, he looks like a deer with his eyes, massive eyes every time she's near him. Yes, it's, so it's, it's very much sweet. that setup of that situation of the best friend in love with the, his best girlfriend, but he can't tell her, and she's oblivious to it, and, you know, she's very much focusing on wanting to be popular, whereas he's just very much not in that mindset at all. He's very much, I'm going to be who I am, let's continue to just say, screw what other people think of us, um, and... Uh, she's very much, you know, transferring into 13 and just like, no, I want to be on a different wavelength now. So I, I, I like the setup. Chris, whatever his name is, who's Grandy. popular. Yeah, Chris yeah. Grandy, I think. So popular I like. Weavy head kid. Yes. Um, so I like the setup. Happy. Yeah. So I like <laughs> the setup of her fixation on growing up, of wanting to be 30, of wanting to separate from Maddie, um, separating, you know, Maddie kind of being this kind of uh, uh, independent thinker. So we already kind of yeah. establish everything pretty clearly in this childhood phase, I think, really well. He's so, a he's a wise head at 13 years old, Matty. Yes. Even though he is a little bit. He, he doesn't do himself many favors because sometimes you do have to compromise and occasionally try and get on with other people Matty. you know you can't just be <laughs> yes. thou all the time yes you and you're kind of your way of thinking is better you know but i mean generally compared to these popular kids you, you see oh yes he's quite pleasant better than them um so he ends up gifting her this custom jenna dream house that he makes for her and it's very personalized to her and kind of their little inside jokes and uh he gives her this little pack of wishing dust to make all her wishes come true so this is kind of will be the 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 uh impetus for what will happen in this in this kind of uh wish that comes later yes i'd like to point out this is an outrageously impressive birthday present for anybody to give anybody, let alone a 13-year-old to give them. Yes, so it already speaks to, like, his feelings for her and just how thoughtful of a friend he is to take the time. Who knows how long he was working on this. The creativity of making her her own personal dream house with all of the things she likes. Um, making these little cutouts, like, everything it looks like he built and made himself. Um, so, very much a thoughtful, sweet gift. Uh, and you see her appreciate it until the kind of glimmer of the six chicks appears and she kind of just sidelines yes. Maddie really hard. Um, and this is already kind of a bit of foreshadowing for what 30-year-old Jenna ends up being, which I like as well. So there's a lot of great kind of setup things happening here, even if they're not completely obvious right off the bat. And then when you kind of learn things later, it all makes sense. Um, so she invites the six chicks over for her party, but she also, I think they said they would come to her party if she like did a project for them. Like if she did all the work on this group project for them. 
So yes, which is never never a good um, ne never a good compromise, really. That yes. So she invites them over, and Chris Grandy, her crush, he comes over as well. And Maddie's listening to his music, and they're very much not feeling it. Um, they end up changing. I, I, I was very much into this from Maddie, by the way. <laughs> Dancing his little heart out. Who likes a certain type of music, and he's just loving it on his own. Yes, and everyone's just looking at him like, no, this is not it. Uh, they end up changing it to Madonna, of course. Crazy for Which, you. Which, again, there's nothing necessarily wrong. With. No. But the very popular choice. Um, yes. Maddie says he's going to go home and get his Casio. <laughs> uh, so he goes home to get his guitar. And they tell her, well, let's play, you know, a little seven minutes in heaven. So they have her go in the closet. They tell her Chris Grandy, her crush, wants to go in there and kiss her. Um, and before they put her in there, they say, oh, where'd you leave our project? Where'd you leave our group project? So they put her in there, they take the project, they take like all her party food too, and leave. And it's very cruel. Yes. But it was entirely expected, uh, very cruel. Um I, I I don't like the concept of I've never I've never been into the concept of seven minutes in heaven anyway. It wasn't ever something that that really happened in, in Britain either. But it was frequently depicted on in films and shows TV and, and movies yeah. and all this kind <laughs> yes. of thing. And yeah. I just always looked at it just like, why, why would you agree to be? I don't care how old you are. I don't care how naive you are. Yes, because to I be was in a closet while everyone sort of is sitting outside just waiting, watching. You know all these expectations. It's very damaging. Um, it's incredibly <laughs> damaging. Stop yes. doing this. Never yes. ever do this. Yes. So as they're leaving, they run into Maddie and uh, Tom. Tom, kind of the leader of the Six Chicks, tells him, "Oh, uh, Jenna's in the closet waiting for you." Uh, so he goes in there. She has a blindfold on. Maddie goes to kiss her and she realizes it's Maddie and she pushes him away and closes the door and tells him to leave her alone. And she hates him and she hates herself and she hates everything. And she just wants to be 30 and flirty and thriving. And the dollhouse is like sitting on a shelf above her with the wishing dust on it. And she's banging against the shelf and just repeating. She wants to be 30 and flirty and thriving. And the wishing dust is like sprinkling down on her. And then we get into, she wakes up. And she's 30-year-old Jenna. So yes. that's what we get into. It's, the shenanigans the, the, the <laughs> of this yes, movie. The, yeah. the main story yeah. of the situation. And Jennifer Garner. I mean, Jennifer Garner, as soon as we get out of this opening, which is, is longer than I expected it to be, to be honest, the opening, where she's actually 13. But Jennifer Garner plays a 13-year-old in a 30-year-old's body so well. Yeah. Um, and I mean that in a in a good way, not in a weird way, because she seems to constantly have this very frantic immaturity about her, yet a sweetness, a, a, a naivety that isn't annoying, a naivety that feels like what her world needs. 
yeah a, a, an outside the box way of thinking that has kind of been punched out of everybody else in this big world of fashion magazines and things yeah. like this yeah that that we're dealing with here rather interestingly we learned that her best friend when she's 30 now is judy greer the older version of tom tom from the six chicks which yes. is interesting so we yeah um, we learn a lot about what what transpired after this party in 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 this version of her yes um that she kind of ended up becoming the leader of the six chicks and best friends with tom tom and stop talking to maddie altogether um yes. it, it, so it's, yeah it's very, it's very sad really yes. and i think it's played very well when we learn matty's side of it and older matty is mark ruffalo yeah um which is which is i i, I, I love mark ruffalo mark ruffalo is great Nice to see Mark Ruffalo in a rom com. I know he's done rom coms, but he, he's you done know, a I'm few. Not, but it's it's few. not his it's not his major genre. Like I can think of maybe like one other one. Like he did just like Heaven, which could have fit on this list as well. Um, it's like him and a ghost Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Um, like she... maybe he likes magic rom com. <laughs> maybe, maybe he does. Um, with these kind of magical elements. Um, but yes, I mean, in terms of the casting, I think a lot of people really enjoy the child to adult casting of of the Jenna Rink character because they, I think, that young actress looks a lot like Jennifer Garner. And they, yeah, uh, in in 2020, she was actually really kind of big on TikTok. Uh, kind of talking about working on the film and I think she actually turned 30 that year so she actually did a lot of fun callbacks okay. to the movie like I think she did a whole thing where she was wearing that dress that because that dress has kind of become this iconic thing the dress she wears to the thriller party um, has become this iconic yes, this, thing this, this green in pop culture with the with the, yeah yes so I do believe, you know, people make replicas of it and all kinds of stuff. So I think, you know, when that actress actually turned 30, she was um, wearing, she wore that dress and made a kind of a whole cute little video around it. So I like that. Uh, yeah, I, like that. I think people really loved the, the look of that casting and the Judy Greer casting as well. Um, the young yeah, it works really well. Look a lot like Judy Greer, but the Maddie casting, I will say, I don't Ruffalo. think a lot of thought went into it. They were like, "This kid is a great kid actor," but in terms of him seeming like a young Mark Ruffalo, I don't think the the look is is quite as strong as as the as the, the look actresses. isn't there. Yeah, at all. <laughs> the 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 attitude is there. The demeanor yes. yeah. is there. The the calm kind of easygoing way, not there. really caring what people think, kind of energy. Yeah, is there for sure the personality? But I think because the looks are so great with the young to old casting with the other actresses, it's it, it's a, it's a bit jarring with that one that it's not as close. Um, yeah, but generally with um, Jennifer Garner, yeah, I agree. I think she does a great job. Really pulling off feeling like a 13 year old stuck in this older body and not just that she's also in a different time so her mind is stuck in the 80s with 80s technology which was something also different 
from big yeah. he was still in the same year Hi. um yeah she now jumps from the 80s to 2004 i believe it is so she doesn't know anything about cell phones or answering machines and things like that so it's kind of uh a a a jump in several ways that she kind of has to deal with and i think in moments where she's scared or she doesn't understand she plays those moments the best because you know she doesn't know where things are or um you know this man's in her apartment who's her boyfriend and she's like generally scared of him and thinks there's just this strange man following her around I love when he like tries to give her a strip tease and she's like <laughs> freaking out because at 13 you would be freaking out if a man was taking his clothes off and throwing them at you and talking about how gross it is. Um, you, you wouldn't just be freaking <laughs> out. You'd be calling the authorities. Yes. So I love how, how Jennifer Garner plays the fear in a lot of moments. Um, like the scene when, you know, everything's kind of falling apart for her. And she goes home and she just like hugs her mom and her mom makes her pancakes. And she's just, you know, uh, very much like feeling like a scared child. And she plays those moments, I think, really well. Uh, On top of just the very endearing moments and the naivete that she has to to get into with being kind of this child uh, thrown into this whole new world and and time. So it's a bit of kind of like almost like a time travel situation for her as well, which I think adds an interesting element too. Yeah, it, it's that extra layer that yeah. works to to boost the the movie's interest value. Yeah. I think, up, yeah. as well as it, it's easy to just take this, you know, um, I wish to be older concept and put it simply. We, we keep mentioning big and that's it's the great it's the typical version of that idea but it's also the simplest version of that idea it's quite a straightforward movie really it is literally all based around oh you know he's tom hanks now he's just yeah. got big now yeah it's the exact same time we're dealing with the exact same situations. He's just an adult. Yeah. This has the the time jump. It has all the it's less focused on actually being a rom-com that it's focused on being Jenna's story in saving the magazine. That she's working yeah. for. That's really, I feel, what it wants to focus on more than the ultimate romance with Ruffalo. Which, yes, okay, gets there and you expect it to get there. This is a rom-com. We know what's going to happen with yeah. that. It's not a massive surprise when that happens at all. Because all the interest really comes in this fashion world and it's these ideas that you have about what you want your life to be when you are a young teenager you have an obsession with a particular thing and you think i want to be involved in that that's all i want from life and then you wish it and then it happens to you 
you wake up one day, you're, you're, you're 30, flirty and thriving. You work yes. for Poise magazine. You're a high up fashion editor. Your, your boss is a stunningly flamboyant Andy Serkis, who I <laughs> love in this movie. Where has this version of Andy Serkis yes, been Yes, he, he never gets to do stuff like this. So him in this movie is such a fun little addition. Um, and yeah, I think the the separation from Big is really interesting because, um, you know, she's already lived a life as this person. So when she is now this 13-year-old in this body, she's presenting a whole different personality to the people who have known her. Yeah. And so that's Again, also the kind of this really interesting added thing. And so she brings out different things in people and people who were scared of her are now endeared to her. And, um, you know, she treats people differently and she sees the world differently as this younger version of herself. So I like how people. Yes. And I, but it also affects them. For the positive, like her secretary, you know, her secretary's yeah. terrified that you're going to fire me and this and that. And then ultimately they kind of become friends and, you know, so there's a lot of really cool things that, you know, you can compare it to big, but they shifted in an interesting way where, again, just some really cool layers happening with how this character navigates this situation. Um, yeah. So I think that's really cool. In in terms of its ideas about the perception of what you want your life to be and then it coming true and you having to you know kind of come to terms with that it's it's so interesting because never does something like that result in what you envision it to be when you're young yeah and, it's and it, and like it a, doesn't in this movie yes it's almost much like a monkey's more... paw kind of thing and it's very much this childlike idea of kids thinking when you're an adult you get to do all of these things life is going to be cooler and easier and she's thinking all of this in this moment of of childhood distress and she thinks being an adult everything's going to be better everything's going to be easier so when it's not and there's yeah. a lot of struggles happening. Another great layer to where she's learning. No, being adult is not as easy. Yes, she gets all kind of these magical things of I have all these clothes and I have these boobs to fill out my outfits and I can stay up late and I don't have parents telling me what to do and I can eat whatever I want. But no, now my magazine's in trouble. Maddie hates me. Like, you know, my best friend's a terrible person. There's sabotage happening at my job. People, I'm having an affair and I'm this terrible person. So, yeah, it's not as easy as she thought it would be. And it, it's very much that child really getting smacked with the reality of, of being yeah. grown up, which is just a cool Which is so, it, it, it's, it's so important, I think, for that to be in the movie and for that to be such a central part of the movie yeah because it's what is is the best thing about these kind of movies when they actually want to take themselves seriously a rom a rom-com being a rom-com is fine a rom-com can simply be uh just a, a guy meets girl a and... bang average rom-com you yeah know, not your average rom-com is what we're talking about here but if yeah. it was an average rom-com that's perfectly good if it if it's coherent if it's pleasant if it's satisfying 
that's a good movie and that's a fine, perfectly fine movie. Something like this that actually allows you, while being a sweet, pleasant movie, a silly movie, uh, kind of a put it on, you'll have a bit of fun movie, which is what it is. You're not watching this movie for, for it to be a think piece. You're not watching this movie for you to have ponderous thoughts about life and growing older and career and how this has changed your mentality from when you're a child. But it gives you that. Yeah. I think watching it, it, it gives you that because it makes you actually think that all these dreams you may have, they're too idealistic. You need to be more realistic with that sort of thing. And I think it's a wise idea. You you might say it's a negative idea. I don't think it's a negative idea at all. I think it's a very positive thing for a movie that's ultimately quite a silly movie like this to have in it a mentality of your dream life, your dream job, your dream romantic partner. I think he's like a hockey player. This yeah, yes, which is really interesting too because you know first she's scared of him. She, he's this creepy guy, but then when she sees him later on the street and. Uh, Judy Greer is telling her, no, that's your boyfriend. And she sees him signing autographs and girls fawning over him. And Judy Greer kind of gives her the lowdown. No, that's your boyfriend. She gets like excited that, oh my gosh, yeah. this popular, cool, cute guy is my boyfriend. So even though she's not like into him because it's just weird to her, she it gets excited at the idea that, you know, wow, like this guy is my boyfriend. He, you know, he's with me. So I like that despite how she feels about him and being, you know, in a relationship with him, finding out that this popular guy in this with this status is with her, she kind of perks up at that concept. Yeah, because she still harbors that 13-year-old way know. of thinking, the yeah. popularity way of thinking. It's all about the image. Yeah. And the movie spends all of its time going yeah, the image is is important to a degree. It's okay to, to want to have the image, but it's it's far from everything. There's way more going on. Your perfect idea of 30, flirty and thriving has a more realistic fulfillment to it. The actual struggles that the magazine goes through the struggles that she goes through personally the dealing with this rather toxic friendship with judy greer in the yeah. movie um is something that everything on the surface looks so pretty looks so wonderful and everybody outside of jenna's own mind views her as perfect and ideal and aspire you know we aspire to be you yeah and the movie spends the entire time going yeah that's actually all not true and it spends the entire time doing that in jenna's head herself which yeah. is interesting as How well this is what i mean this this, this this introspection 
yeah. I think that the movie actually does have adds so so much to it and makes you sit there watching it going the dreams are fine follow your dreams but be realistic about them understand yeah. that those dreams still come everything comes with challenges everything and uh, but those challenges if they are overcome when they are overcome if you are driven enough they will feel more fulfilling than simply just getting everything like that or getting everything you, you wished for yes or getting everything you want in in a terrible way in hurting yeah. people and betraying people and i Which love seemingly that you know what uh, jenna before the wish was doing yes and you know the general thought you know 13 i want to be 30 30 is going to be great 30 flirty and thriving every life's going to be easier life's going to be fun and so we see in the beginning all of these great scenes of her having a great time getting to try on all her clothes and going out on the town and you know saving the party and having all of this fun and having these great fun moments uh with maddie and so we see her having the easy dreamlike 30 that she imagined as a 13 year old but then when we learn how she got that how people view her how she treated people um, it's just a really kind of smart way to take her out of the dream that she thought it would be. Because the movie could have just kept it all fun and yeah. light and cute and the fact that they add this darker element of, you know, no, she's not this good person. She has all these great things at 30 because she was a terrible person. Like, I, I really thought that was an interesting choice to go with the character because we're following her. We like her. We want to see, we're enjoying seeing her have all this fun and having the 30 she dreamed she would have. So then when they kind of throw this curveball of her being this awful person in this life, um, I think is really interesting. And that that is at its emotional height, I think, when we fully learn Matty's side of things because you know she she finds him he lives in Greenwich Village somewhere this is a New York movie yes um but we quickly learn once they kind of once she sees him again that she hasn't spoken to Matty since that day that we yeah. see um at the beginning the the wish day yeah know, and she's party. yeah and she's in distress in this moment like she's looking for something familiar to hold on to when she wakes up in this apartment and realizing she's a grown-up and this strange man's in her apartment and you know she's at her job and she's you know, doesn't really know what to do. She's learning from her boss, Andy Circus, that the the competitor magazine Sparkle has been scooping all of their stories. And she's just like so overwhelmed that she doesn't know how to deal with it. So she asks her secretary to help her find Maddie. Um, because she calls her parents and they're on a cruise. So she can't get a hold of that touchstone. Um, so then, you know, she's stressed out, she's scared, she's confused. So she goes to Maddie. So then to learn how she's treated him and how they haven't spoken, she's even in more distress. 
um so i like this kind of panic mode and like she's she's like asking him for a pillow and something to drink and she's just sitting there very much just like childlike stress with a comfort her comfort pillow and maddie's just kind of confused and her really just needing to latch onto those touchstones to figure out what's going on and he is that touchstone for her so he is yeah but he and he the great thing is is that he is still that touchstone for her he is still willing to be that touchstone for her despite the length of time it has been in his life yeah so despite have spoken Mm -hmm. this is the i think great thing about what ruffalo was able to personally bring to this kind of performance is this absolute calm kind of silly sweetness because he is i think in himself he's a oh how to how to say this with it sounding complimentary in the same vein that i call robert mitchum a lazy actor mark ruffalo's a lazy actor and i do not mean he is lazy I mean, in his performance, his performances there's an ease. There's an ease. Are easy. There is naturalism. Yeah. There is a certain sleepy-eyed quality that you cannot help but be overcome by the aura of. I I I love Ruffalo doing this sort of thing because he's just like, yeah, okay, you know, we'll go with it. I don't mind. This is fine. Um the emotion of him actually telling jenna exactly what she's been like to him or you know what she's not been like to him because she's not been present in his life for many many years um is doubly emphasized by the nature of his particular performance the fact it is so easy it is so un frantic if that's a word that's not a word but compared to (laughs) jennifer garner who is really really quite frantic in the entire movie ruffalo's ease ruffalo's calm quality brings out that level of emotion tenfold and i i i love that yeah and the him and the and, and like it speaks to just who he is the fact that their relationship was not in a good place when she came to him in this moment, but he sees that she's in distress. And so he still ends up spending the day with her, helping her try to figure out what's going on, you know, trying to comfort her the best he can, um, despite how she has seemingly treated him. Uh, Yeah. So, you know, and he plays that really well, this exasperation, this confusion, but ultimately still kind of showing this care for her despite everything um so he plays into all of that really well and and shows all of that you know without having to kind of give us a bunch of exposition he can just kind of show us those things through his performance um you know that 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 care for her but still this hesitancy to really completely open up to this person who kind of you know essentially betrayed him so it's yeah the the awkward laughing smile of mark ruffalo is yeah like nobody else's awkward laughing smile yes yeah i 
I love it. I feel like in, I know this is obviously a completely different movie, but it's what everybody's talking about Ruffalo for at the moment. But in, in poor things, he's able to go back to doing that kind of thing to a ridiculously heightened degree. Yes, because it's, it's very out there and, whatever accent he's using in that movie is just absolutely nonsensical <laughs> it works yeah. great it works but i think after so many years of viewing him as bruce banner and as little else other than bruce banner yeah for many many years um it, it's nice to see it was nice to see that again i guess this ease uh, from him I, I, I this natural this ease, from, yeah. Yeah, and I recognize this in this movie. Yeah. Um, I really like. I mean, I mean, the crux of the entire movie is the failing of Poise magazine, though. The fact it's it's its numbers are very down. Andy Circus is panicking. Andy Serkis throws the party you mentioned before, the, the, the famous dress in this thriller dance Yes, this is the most popular. At this party. Yeah. This, so th how did this you feel? He's not going very well. <laughs> yes. It how is did not. I feel about what? This scene. This is the iconic okay. moment in this movie that is now this kind of pop culture situation. Yes. The Look, dress... Man the dance everything <laughs> I, I i just like to point out if there's one thing that can help any party and i fully agree with this it's the ability to dance i yeah. i i'm 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 a dancer i'm not a dancer but i am a dancer <laughs> when it comes to these kind of events you know there's one thing i want to do when i'm in a, a room full of people to just completely break any semblance of awkwardness about any situation. All you need to do, just start dancing. And I love doing that. That is what I like doing. Um, I went on a works party this past weekend, and it was just, that's all I did. Wow. Just, that, okay. that's, that's what was happening. Wow. I, just, I like doing that sort of thing. So this this exact scene is perfect for me yeah. because this is a, a party that is failing. Andy Circus is panicking and he pleads for someone to do something. This to needs to happen now, party. otherwise literally the magazine will just die. And oh, we don't want this because yes. this is this is Jenna's life's dream. Yes, and we so see her dancing to this song. We see her doing the choreography in this dance at 13. So we know we this do. is something yeah. that she does. Again, another little establishing thing in this 13 part of the story. And I'd also like to point out she has the exact right mentality because what happens at most of these parties is you get your DJ up on the stage over there. And the DJ is playing some sort of general beaty, dancey, quote unquote, dancey music yeah. <laughs> that where people really all they're doing is just kind of moving the head to one to one yeah. side and the other like that. It's not actually dancing. Jenna's got the right idea. 
She puts a, she goes and requests a song. Yes, okay, it's thriller. It's a bit perhaps over obvious and over cheesy for, for a dance number, sure. But the fundamental correct thing to do is there. Also wondering how much the they DK. paid to get that song in the movie. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point as well. But <laughs> she goes to the DJ and she requests for Thriller. People know Thriller. It's a dance. It's a famous dance. Literally everybody knows at least some... Some part of it, yeah. ...of, of Thriller, the dance. This is what every every party needs. Actual danceable music. Not just quote-unquote dance music, but actual danceable music doesn't need a strict choreography like this has but this is my actual belief outside of this movie in just you know going to some sort of event some sort of, of party some sort of nightlife situation have something that i can actually dance to don't yeah. just have quote-unquote dance, dance music music playing. yes no um very much a good request for her to do this and it also like her the fact that she like wants to get maddie to come up there and do it with her because it's very much what they did as kids and he's very much like no uh and so he, he does it though there. yes and mark ruffalo has t spoken about how much he hated it he was so embarrassed so awkward like this was like the heart learning the choreography for him was like the he literally speaks to everything in his career that this was probably the hardest thing he's ever had to do was this dance and he just like you know it, it it's hard for him to think about because he was like i could not get this dance it was hard i was embarrassed like i'm not a dancer at all so he was but he did such a good job for how much he talks about this just being awful experience for him doing this dance he did a really good job so it works for the scene but you know yeah. who doesn't look embarrassed jennifer garner no garner she's having a blast and, and everyone's getting involved and everybody sees how much fun she's having and so they come out there and they're doing it too we see andy circus coming in with the moonwalk like Andy Serkis is loving this, so by the way. Yeah. If 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 rough if the two male leads of the movie have total opposite views on this dance number, clearly, because Ruffalo, yes, okay, his character is supposed to be hating doing this, and clearly, okay, he does hate doing this, and it comes across that he kind of hates doing this. But Andy Serkis is loving every second yes. of being able to dance to Thriller in this. Yeah, when he just comes scene. in moonwalking, I'm just like, what? This is so great. It's not even in Thriller, Andy Serkis. <laughs> that's the wrong thing. Well, you don't it's a Michael Jackson song. It's, it's Michael Jackson move. It's iconic Michael Jackson move. So you're going to do the you moonwalk when Michael Jackson plays. So. It's you Michael are. Jackson's iconic move. You just like to just... It is. <laughs> well, it's, well, is it Michael... Some would have you say it's not Michael Jackson's iconic move. He just made it iconic. It's his signature move. Not an original, move. is it? It's his it's signature move. I'll, I'll agree signature with you Signature move. That. You hear Michael Jackson, you think of the moonwalk. You do, yes. So That's just because I think there it's was a, I think it's fair. I think it's fair for him to do that. To do it. Dirty. It is. It is fair. And it's Even very impressive. it wasn't a very good moonwalk. But it was good enough. 
It was. It was good. It was better than everyone mine. Was, everyone got excited when he did it in the movie. So I they thought did. it was very yes. fun. It was very, very no. fun. It, so Jenna saves the party with this big dance. And it's yes. great. Big fan of this. Iconic Big, moment. big fan of this scene. So for a first However, time watch. Yes. For a first time watch. I can't. I, 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 this, this is. Yes. I, I, I'm into everything about this kind of thing because i'm into everything about doing this kind of thing in actual life so why would i not be into doing this kind of thing in this movie look this dance looks all great doesn't it this dance seems all great the party has been saved but is the magazine saved at this time jimmy no it is not no which i also want to speak to the point of on. this was just a common thing like this was like the era of the magazine job rom-com movie because uh because it's because trashy magazines that influenced people to a dangerous degree on what to wear what to look like um what to eat and who to be like were massively early 2000s that's why yes so it was very much everywhere this kind of magazine jobs we had ugly betty show circled around magazine and then we had devil wears prada we had yes. i think uh how to lose a guy in 10 days was circled around a magazine as well so it was just this really funny trend of like this was the cool job to have in a in a rom-com so yes anyway yes poise not saved by the party someone still scooping their ideas the other magazine sparkle um and nobody knows how or why this is happening there is a leak who is yes. the leak Someone must be the lead. So it's coming out with their big prom issue, and they're trying to come up with these ideas. And Jenna decides to come up with just this like show real people, uh, you know, make it just personal and natural, and it doesn't have to be this flashy thing to show life, show people living and having fun. Um, and so uh, Maddie, his job is actually a photographer. So she asked him to shoot it. And so them together working on this big concept for their big prom issue is what ends up kind of bringing them closer together. They're spending time together. Maddie actually has a girlfriend. So um... <laughs> Ma not, a, not just a girlfriend. Maddie's getting married like tomorrow. Yes. Um, and the girlfriend, you know, they set her up as kind of annoying, I guess. Like. We don't. <laughs> I think I actually think she, she she draws the short stick because there's nothing really wrong with there's her. There's nothing inherently wrong with her, but there's nothing that speaks to oh my gosh the passion between the two of them to be getting married, which is what a rom com does. So this is very much one of those typical elements where if you're yeah. gonna put this girl up against Jenna personality wise and chemistry with Maddie from the little bit they give us, you're obviously gonna be like yeah Jenna all the way. <laughs> I'm just um, glad she so wasn't yes, painted as, as like terrible romantic, evil yeah, rival as the romantic villain of the movie yeah. because she didn't deserve do, that. She no, didn't really she didn't. do anything. There just there was not a really a vibe between the two of them, and I think she did kind of the typical thing. If I remember, her not really encouraging, you know, what he does, or you know, that's true kind of thing. Whereas Jenna is very much encouraging of his photography and liking his art and all of that. 
Um, so they end up really getting close working on this whole uh, campaign together for the prom issue. Because um, this is this is a big poise redesign as well that Andy yeah. Serkis gets very worried over because the, the, the big bosses higher than himself have determined that this is needed. Um, and if it's not successful, it's curtains, basically. Yeah. yeah. Um, which worries Andy Serkis stunningly. So he he's very concerned about this redesign and you know, Jenna and, and Judy Greer is is tasked to come up with a redesign herself. And Judy Greer has been getting more and more, I don't want to necessarily say outright villainous, but, but certainly kind of devious. jealous. Yes, and jealous of of you know how people are feeling towards Jenna because this new Jenna is nice and everyone likes her and she's succeeding and doing well and she's not really liking that so they end Why up kind is of doing degree own... able to play every level of supporting character ever yeah i she's mean this great. this was her but this was kind of her niche as well because she was the best friend character in this she was the best friend character in 27 dresses and i believe she was also kind of a care a best friend character in uh, the wedding planner. So she's very much the wrong. This was her best friend in a rom com era. Uh, but, but, sure. but this is evil best friend. Yes. So, um, which she's great at as well. So very much yeah. um, playing all of that really well. So uh, people don't he, think Judy Greer has range, and she does. She always has. She has. She she's, always she's amazing. has had range. Um, so she ends up kind of doing her own campaign while Jenna is doing this campaign with Maddie. And when they present it, everyone's really into Jenna's idea and not really into Judy Greer's because it was just kind of like grungy and rough and cool and dark and kind of this weird uh, kind of thing. Um, and, and so... It's a wholesomeness are, to Jenna's idea. Yes, that everyone's into. Um... And then I think when they're about to kind of go with the issue, um, they end up seeing that that now Jenna's idea has been taken by Sparkle and everyone's really yeah. confused. Turns out that uh, Judy Greer, she took the idea to Sparkle and reveals yeah. to her that um, she was the mole that Jenna was the mole the whole time she was giving these secrets so that she could get a job at sparkle but, but when this, judy this greer found out jenna. this was all jenna, jenna this no this is the jenna that we don't know this is not 13 year old in her body jenna um so jenna learning this about herself is just kind of this big shock to her um devastating and then judy greer ends up finding this out and she ends up swooping in on the position that jenna was going to get at sparkle the, the jenna we don't know um so yeah and, and then i think she was able to have a uh, judy Greer was able to have uh, matt sign a waiver for his pictures so that they could she could take them over to sparkle and then she puts in maddie's ear that jenna was behind all of this so Maddie's now like upset with her and you know forgetting kind of the moments that he had with Jenna because I'm sure there was contemplation from him of you know 
potentially ending his engagement and being with Jenna. Cause I think that they were out and, you know, sharing the candies that they used to eat as little kids and they have a share a kiss and all of this. Um, but once he kind of sees this betrayal because Judy Greer feeds that to him, um, he ends up going forward with his, with his wedding. Yeah. And it's, so, it's a, it's, it's a shocking revelation really, yeah. because we've spent the whole movie being, you know, Jenna is poise, poise is Jenna. Jenna loves poise. Jenna will do anything for poise. Look at all these things Jenna does for poise. The thriller party. The, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole redesign idea. She seems to really care. Off. She's so it's excited. Very, very yeah. genuine. Yeah. Very, very into it. No, there's no underlying thing going on at all that, that we see. Because it's not that Jenna. It's the other Jenna. Yeah. Jenna, we don't know. Jenna, nobody knows. That it's, it's, nobody and this that sobering reality of her learning that she was this terrible person. You know, she's yeah. this man's coming into her office like, oh, hey, you know, let's we only have a few minutes because he and he's the husband of one of her. Oh, yeah. Co-workers. I forgot about this. Yeah. Creepy she realized <laughs> she's having an affair with a married man and um, just adding as on well to, as the hockey player. Yes. So, you know, she's very much realizing that she's not the greatest person. And so for the 13 year old version of herself to learn about this is really kind of an interesting thing. And then like I, I had mentioned earlier, her scene of her kind of going home and needing that comfortable place with her parents. And she also kind of stopped really talking to her parents. So they're also kind of in shock and surprised that she's home and she needs a hug from yeah. them and needs, you know, needs that um, kind of, mom and dad moment because she's yeah. the, the, that version of her had kind of stopped talking to them as well so um yeah it, it just it, it brings out the best in jenna this 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 youthful mentality i suppose which is something i think that people should not to a dangerous degree you know, latch on to and, and, and keep with their entire lives. But a certain exuberance should never be punched out of one's life, I think. I think you should try and, as much as you can, keep a yeah. certain youthful energy to yourself. Um, And this doesn't just go for 30-year-olds. This goes throughout entire life. Yeah, you know, once you get over being a, a young teenager, there's there's elements that you should definitely not keep, which I think the movie deals with. But the movie also speaks to keeping a lot of these outside of the box ways of thinking. Yes, that, and I also that supposed sensible grown adults don't think about anymore because they think it's too immature it's too childish it's not necessarily the case yeah i think it's it's nice to have you know one foot in each pond to still kind of hold on to this young way of thinking this childlike innocent way of thinking this free way of thinking while also you know really taking that into the challenges of adulthood. And so she really finds that kind of great middle ground. Um, I will say also, I really loved a lot of the scenes of her 
um, hanging out with kids, like hanging out with those 13 year old girls and kind of getting back right. to that side of herself, having this sleepover with this girl in her apartment, having that moment on the elevator with her, which that girl is actually a really great singer. Um, her name's Renee Olstead and she like sings kind of old standards, like, you know, like mm, really okay. holiday songs and, you know, Sunday kind of love and, and mm. stuff like that. Um, Midnight at the Oasis. So she's a really, she's a really great singer, Renee Olsted. Um, but yeah, uh, just her kind of having the sleepover, um, you know, singing some Pat Benatar, uh, talking about yes. boys and life and love is a battlefield. And um, so her really needing that, needing, <laughs> needing a moment like that to um feel like what she feels like internally while she's dealing with all of this adult stuff, but she needs this moment to kind of go back to really being a kid um, to yeah. really deal with the adult issues. So um, yeah, I think this really just speaks to that idea of um, it, it doesn't hurt to still kind of have a childlike mentality to a lot of things when kind no. of facing the, the bigger, harder challenges of being an adult. Um and obviously this final central challenge, which is, you know, the, the climactic challenge of realising that she's been the, the mole the entire time. She's been the yes. leaking things the entire time. Yes, it's 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 overcome to a, a you know, to, to a degree, you know, and the romantic side of it with, with Ruffalo is overcome and we'll we'll briefly touch on that as well but i just wanted to to mention that it, it it's one thing to me that just feels illegal but i don't think it is actually illegal is leaking this sort of thing you know when somebody works for a particular company or whoever and then does leak information to another one to benefit them instead like, it's not actually illegal, is it? But it just feels illegal. Yes, it feels like someone should have got arrested for something. <laughs> but I guess not really. And also um, what feels illegal is Judy Greer snooping into Jenna's office and finding this for herself instead. Yeah. That feels illegal as well. Yes. That feels like a bit of, you know, invasion of privacy, perhaps theft, this sort of thing. Somebody yeah. should be getting arrested. Somebody. It definitely feels like somebody should be getting arrested for these situations, but it, it's only meant to kind of prove the terribleness of, of yeah. what these characters have done. So, you know, she is at her parents' house really needing that comfort and then learning that Maddie's getting married the next day at his home because they live next door to each other um, or their parents do now. Um, and so he's getting married at his house. And so she tries to go and find him and tell him she loves him and she's sorry and explain the whole situation. And he tells her, you know, we can't live in the past and, you know, I'll always care about you and I'll always love you. But, you know, this we can't, you know, go back again. And he ends up giving her, you know, he ended up keeping the house in this reality. He kept the house that he made for her and he gives it back to her. And so, yeah. you know, she's holding it, she's crying, she's walking back home, and there's some of the wishing dust is still on top of the house, and the wind kind of blows the wishing dust. And then she's back in the closet, 13, in the 80s, at her birthday party, 
How um, does the old stale wishing dust still work? I, I mean, it's it's magic. We don't know where Maddie got this, but it, it's working. Yeah. So then, We're you know, from some Maddie... same place that Gizmo came from. Yes, apparently. Gremlins. Uh, yes. Uh, so Maddie opens the closet door. She kisses him. Tom Tom comes back and she tells her off. And then we kind of flash to the real 30-year-old future of Jenna. Her and Maddie have gotten married. And then they end up moving into a house that looks very much like Jenna's dream house. And very cute, now, happy ending. Yes, it's a very cute, happy ending. I really like the very cute, happy ending and everything about it. It's very nice. Yes, we've gone through this realization. We've gone back to being 13. We've realized that actually, you know... What is important in the world is is those who actively care about you and not these people you strive to be. Because these people who you strive to be are actually terrible. Shove them aside. Go away, yes. those people. And focus on the people you actually care about. Because even schlubby kid Matty can grow up to be someone who looks as handsome as Mark Ruffalo. Yes, and 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 handsome Chris Grandy can grow up to not yeah, exactly <laughs> not be very exactly. attractive. <laughs> can be a if schlubby old to guy go off, still wearing his Letterman jacket. <laughs> still talking about the glories of his youth. Yeah. Um if 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 we want to just focus on physical attraction and 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 looks and that kind of thing. Let's just realize that when you're a teenager, that's not what you actually end up looking like. You know, yes. if, we, if we're going to go off that, wait till somebody is grown into adulthood, because that's then what they look like. Yes. If I you mean, want that... to go from that. <laughs> I'm not ask... just thinking of that, but it's a benefit, you know. Yes. Well, just ask Brie Larson, who was in this movie, kind of unrecognizable as this young teenage version of herself. Um very unrecognizable. Not looking you like to show me a <laughs> how she looks now. Um, so, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely doesn't look a thing like she looks now. You you actually had to point out to me yeah. that this was Brie Larson as one of the six chicks at the beginning of the movie. Yes. <laughs> Which is, it doesn't even look at all like Brie Larson, but I, I guess that's beside the point. But anyway, yes, the, the, the end is all very nice and sweet and, and typically rom-com you know this is the typical rom-com ending i suppose is that it all ends up okay this is where it's not your average rom-com does not come into play because all rom-coms end in the same way ultimately, yes don't so sure, but you know i mean i, I have I, one I... issue oh okay <laughs> what is that why would you buy a why would you buy a, a, a light pink house? I don't care that it's supposed to look like Jenna's dream house. I know the idea, I know the point of it. But 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 why it looks like something out of some sort of silly fair. It looks like a Disneyland house. Well, I don't maybe they want Disneyland house. Well, well maybe house. Jenna Maybe Jenna and Maddie want to live in a Disneyland house. Just because you don't want to live in a Disneyland house doesn't mean just because you want to live in probably freaking Norman Bates's house. Or some shit. Why even bring something like that up? Why would I want to live in that house? 
<laughs> you, just because silly you want to live in the house on Haunted Hill doesn't mean other people don't want to live in a nice pink Disney house. I'd like to point out the house on Haunted Hill is a mid-century um, American house in L.A., that is is quite modernist actually. It's not an old house. Well, I'm not saying it's an old house. I'm just saying <laughs> some house like that, some haunted house, would be more from an old classic Vincent Price film would be more your vibe than a Disney house. So there's other no, people wrong want... with the house. I, I just don't. I don't believe in houses with pastel colors of any color. It's weird. <laughs> So you don't like Carl Fredrickson's house? No. No. I, I, the house itself, yes. But you don't just, like Carl and Paint Ellie's it a normal colour. Paint it just a, a, a bit no of fun. a darker colour. What did I just say about having one toe in your youth and fun and vibrancy and applying that to your adult life? I'd like to point out, if the, if the pink was bolder, I'd be more into it. Oh, okay. It's the fact it's pastel. You are such a nitpicker, I swear. Pastel, <laughs> pastel pink, pastel yellow, pastel blue. Oh, no. If, you, if you're having a colour house, have a bold colour house. Go for it, you know. Don't be fake okay. pink. Okay. Be pink. Well, you know. They are happy. You can see the they smiles on their faces, eating their razzles on their front lawn Chill. in front of their cute pink house. So they're happy, and that's I'm... all that matters. <laughs> it is. I'm happy for Jenna and Massey. Well done, <laughs> yes. you two. What a fun movie. Yes. I enjoyed and this movie. A lot of Jimmy. layers there, surprisingly, that you wouldn't really think about. You just kind of see the bright trailer and like, this is a fun, happy movie. And it's like this kind of pop culture fun thing in your lexicon of thinking about it. But then you watch it and you really like, you know, and watching it in the vein that we watched it to kind of discuss it. You're realizing these really interesting layers of what they did with the characters and how she's dealing with, you know, wanting to grow up and then getting that and it not being what she thinks and all of these really interesting yeah. uh, ideas happening so there's definitely yeah. a lot more going on to make it not your average rom-com which is why i think it does fit very very well yes. into oh, this series and i'm very <laughs> glad you uh gave me that push or that punch to uh put it on my uh, bucket list for yeah. the 250th episode because I think you just thought I would really get into this as yes. a rom-com and you were exactly right because this was a delightful, delightful movie. Lots of applause for 13 Yay. going on. 30 had the small bit of coming of age element that we all like, had the interesting magical quality, had the thinky quality as well as just being sweet, fun, excitement. Yay. Good stuff. <laughs> Good stuff all round from 13 going on 30. Janine, as we spoke about before, we have our finale of this series coming next week, don't we? With yes. The Lobster, which is going to be weird. That is definitely yeah. weird. Yay, The Lobster. We spoke, <laughs> we even mentioned poor things today, didn't we? Because of Ruffin. Yes. So... Lanthimos and weird turning into animals 
is the name of the game next week. Yes. Morgan hasn't seen in the not your average rom-com series before we switch it up again but this is of course not the only show you can find on the it's a wonderful podcast feed we have the main show it's a wonderful podcast itself celebrating old movies of course as we love to do over there it was shaft last week no it's very exciting very fun great discussion we had on shaft as well um but we're back, obviously, every Friday celebrating old movies over there. You can find the It's Wonderful podcast feed on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe to it wherever you do. Listen, answer those questions we leave on Spotify and leave your ratings and your reviews and that sort of thing as well. Subscribe and ding your notification bell on the It's Wonderful podcast YouTube channel for all the fun stuff we have there and have going up there. And if you would like to support us on Patreon or donate in any way, there are links in the description to do that. We would love you forever. We are most grateful to all our wonderful patrons and supporters. Of course, you can also find us on social media at It's a Wonderful One on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at the Purple Dot with a three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is a magic number. On Instagram, TikTok, and threads at the Purple Dawn, all your flirty, flirty, and thriving stuff Ooh. is where you can find me at Janine Devine underscore on Twitter, Janine Devine on Instagram, TikTok, and threads. If you want to get any merch for any of our shows, just check the description in the link or search It's Wonderful Podcast on teespring.com. And if you want to purchase any of my art and print form, you can find that at my big cartel shop, g9design.bigcartel.com. Do you think you can do a ruffalo? No, definitely. Or an Andy Circus. Let's do uh, your Gollum impression just because it's Andy Circus, <laughs> please. We'll have that. That's a good idea. Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. The coughing works. I mean, that's fine. <laughs> okay. I, I have to like practice it, but I can't practice it. I just have to do it. <laughs> I'm trying to think about something. <laughs> okay, okay. I wasn't expecting that, but there it is. Bye. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? Bye. Because it's. <laughs>